successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Everybody over there. Get a hooter. Everybody out there. Get into it. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM or on iTunes via podcast or on our website at GrillNationShow.com. Hope you guys are doing okay and your stay-at-home orders and that uh, everyone is uh, hopefully getting to spend more time with their family and friends, but also uh, staying sane during our uh, quarantine here. On today's show, we're going to have a lot of people from KVC Health Systems and from KVC Hospitals. Um, in our first segment, we are going to have on Jenny Coots and uh, Chad Anderson. Jenny is the VP of Marketing and Communications at KVC Health Systems, and Chad Anderson is the Chief Clinical Officer. I want to welcome them onto the show now. How are you guys today? Thanks, Jason. Doing great. We are remote today, just so everyone is aware if there's any issues with sound. uh, Please don't hold that against us. We're trying our best to deliver a good show. First off, I want to start with Jenny. Jenny, tell us a little bit about KVC. I know that uh, you and Chad can speak a lot about that, but give us kind of the overhead elevator pitch about what you all do. Sure. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Jason. Um, KVC Health Systems is a nonprofit organization. We're headquartered in Olathe, and um, we help children and families in crisis, whether that's a family crisis or even a mental health crisis. And I think uh, here in the Kansas City area, especially a lot of people know KVC for our foster care and adoption work. We do care for thousands of Kansas children who have experienced abuse and neglect, and they might need a temporary foster family care or a forever family through adoption. Um, We care for Missouri children as well. But really, we're so much more than that. We also have children's psychiatric hospitals. We have four locations where we provide treatment for children and teens who are experiencing um, an emergency in terms of their mental health. Um, And the other thing we do is we strengthen families and, and really work to safely prevent even the need for foster care in the first place. So while we're headquartered in Olathe, we have over 1,500 team members at 35 locations nationwide. So we're a pretty large group uh, working to make a positive difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, KVC.org is your website, correct? That's right, KVC.org. And we're also all over social media, KVC Health Systems on Facebook, and then on Instagram and Twitter. We're KVC Kids, so we'd love for people to follow us. We're sharing content every day, especially throughout this uh, coronavirus experience we're all going through. And, and we're going to get to that in, uh, in our second segment more with Chad. He's going to talk about all kinds of blog postings and, and uh, all of these great suggestions uh, for, for, for great topics, I mean, and, and how, how to deal with all of these different things happening right now. But Jenny, real quickly, I want to talk to you again about kind of the stress that is going up right now with families. This was already 
involved in a lot of these situations even before this pandemic and now the needs of children in Kansas really are increasing. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, I mean, we really specialize in helping families that are experiencing stress and are in some type of crisis. So that could be from a number of causes. It could be financial stress, you know, it could be employment related, could be a lot of times from parents' own childhood trauma and the abuse or neglect they maybe experienced as a kid that they're um not purposely passing on and kind of repeating some of those patterns with their own kids. Um, mental health, maybe an unaddressed, untreated mental health need or substance use disorder. Or a lot of times we find out what families, when they're experiencing a crisis, really what they're experiencing is just a lack of support network. And that's the difference between a family that has resilience and can get through a hard time versus one who doesn't. But you're you're right, Jason. So we've already been seeing a big increase in the number of Kansas children in foster care. And what we know from research is the stress that the coronavirus pandemic is creating on families. Um, unfortunately, we know that that's going to increase the likelihood of child maltreatment just because of families are under so much pressure. Mm-hmm. So um, we're here, our teams are out there helping families in some really heroic ways. Um, you know, foster families continue to be caring for children, um, but maybe we're doing things now like finding infant formula for a family that's it's difficult to find now, or just connecting them to mental health support through telehealth. Um, so we're just adapting to support these families however we can. And you also have foster care processes online now, right? Yeah, we're so excited about that. We've shifted uh, the online training class. The training class was usually in person, but because of coronavirus and the COVID response, um, for the first time ever, families can begin the training process through a virtual experience online. And we're, uh, so we haven't stopped that process. Um, So if anyone out there is thinking, what's the best way I can help a child or family who's who's really affected or maybe was already in crisis even before this, we're really encouraging people to look into that process of becoming a foster or adoptive parent. It's free. Um, The training class is provided free of charge and we walk you and your spouse or significant other, or even if you're just a single adult, we walk you through that process and show you how you can really have joy in your life and make a difference for children who are in need. Great information. And I know you guys do a lot in the community as well with uh, businesses and uh, other folks, uh, a lot of corporate and social responsibility and a lot of uh, help being shared by KVC and different groups are in the community here as well. Chad, you've been, uh, and we're going to break these down in the next segment with a couple minutes left in the first segment. You've been working really hard along with Jenny and others on a, on a kind of a blog series, a video blogging actually, uh, that's on kvc.org. Tell us about that journey and why you decided to do that. Thanks, Jason, for having us on, by the way. Each of us, I think, brings to this experience a specialty. And and KVC, over the last 50 years, has really stepped up to the plate when when the community, the country, needs assistance. And and so we have a social responsibility to each other, right? It's... Mm -hmm. It is the social isolation um, that we're experiencing that's that's really driven this to a level that um, we wanted to put something online and and post something that uh, folks could look at on a on a really a, a every couple of days because this is changing and evolving so often. So our blog and vlog series takes place uh, start at the end of March. It'll take place throughout the month of April. 
Um, if we need to extend it, we'll extend it. But it really was focused in on what we needed to understand to be able to uh, minimize mental illness um, or the sense of loss or the sense of grief or this anxiety that we felt in, in terms of what is this? When is it going to be over? How long am I going to be stuck with my barking dogs on a phone phone calls and um, and and it really is getting used to each other in a new in a new environment. Um, so we're seeing some wonderful things, but in general, we wanted to assist folks in doing things like developing coping skills toolboxes or or being able to just perceive this this overwhelming feeling from a from a place that we can break it down step by step and chunk by chunk. So that's really what it's about. Sounds great. Jenny Coots and Chad Anderson from KVC Health Systems are my guests today. In the later in the show, after the next segment, we'll be joined by KVC Hospitals as well to tell you what they're doing during the uh, coronavirus pandemic and, and what tools they're offering to folks as well. And in the next segment, we're going to break down some of uh, Chad's video blogging. There's going to be a lot of great topics discussed. Thank you for joining us today on the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. We'll be right back. I hear the drums echoing tonight. Cheers only whispers of some Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast and on our website, grillnationshow.com, where you can find links to all of our shows, all of our uh, supporters, as well as uh, great photos of all of our guests. We'll also post that to my social media at Jason Grill on Facebook and Grill Nation show and all throughout all the other forums. Just search for my name at Jason Grill. We're talking to KVC Health Systems today. Their website is kvc.org. A great organization here locally and also in many other states throughout the country. Um, they are doing some really cool uh, and helpful things, especially during this time of the coronavirus and COVID-19 um, pandemic crossing our country. And they have recently put together an interesting blog series uh, that is updated very often, actually, on their website, kvc.org. And I'm joined again by Chad Anderson, the Chief Clinical Officer, and Jenny Coots, the VP of Marketing and Communications at KVC. Um, Chad, let's start with you. Uh, you've been putting this video blogging series together. I've seen it uh, in my email, and I've seen it uh, in the media, actually. And you started off early on in this with kind of looking at and how you should react to times of uncertainty. Uh, tell us about that and kind of and, and why you started there. Yeah, Jason, thank you again for having us. Um, we all experienced this um, social isolation and, and social distancing in different ways. And, and um, really what, what I wanted to start with was where I was sensing most people in the community were feeling. We, we felt this overwhelming sense of uh, it was like a tsunami. It was more information that we could handle to be able to consume and and develop in a healthy way. And so what I talk about in the first blog and blog is um, how can we plan for the future when it's unknown? Uh, we as people want finality. We want a beginning and an end, and we want to know things. And when we, when we don't know when this is going to end, we the human body switches over to the negative, and we think about the, 
the negative and we ruminate on that. So the, the first series was really how do you break that down? How do you chunk that? I talk about it in terms of a thousand piece puzzle. Um, it's very overwhelming, a thousand piece puzzle, but we break it down. We do the outside edges first and then we might find the house and we, we find the pieces to the house, put that piece together. So it really is about chunking and, and seeing this, um, pandemic for, for, um, ways in which we can manage it. Mm -hmm. And you also set up a, um, a toolkit, if you will, a coping toolkit. Tell us about that, uh, and how mindfulness can really help you and your family. Yeah. So once you've really kind of processed what this distressful situation or complex situation is, the next piece you want to be able to do is manage it and deal with it. And so um, coping skills are, are our number one um, agent that we use in mental health to fight against anxiety and depression and other feelings that we, we have um, that are beginning to overwhelm us. So the, the coping skills toolkit. So on my phone, Jason, I have four apps on my phone. I have a Headspace app, which is a relaxation and meditation app that teaches mm -hmm. me uh, how to relax, uh, go to sleep, stay to sleep. Um, and then I have other apps like um, a fun game that I play in transition. There's two different types of really coping skills. One's relaxation, the other's distraction. And so you want to put that together. We as adults, it's like when you get on a plane, you put the breathing mask on first and then you give it your, to your child. We want to manage our own feelings associated with COVID-19 so that we are better equipped to deal and manage with our kids' feelings about COVID-19. And so the next thing I teach is how to put a coping skills toolbox together with a, a little a little Tupperware box and, and fidget spinners and Uno cards and some fun mm -hmm. things to do, but also some ways to manage anxiety. Like I put together little cards that your kids can say, when I feel anxious, I will take a, a glass of cold water and drink it, or I will go for a walk outside. So really putting together those toolkits, so our kids and families can feel more equipped to manage those feelings of anxiety or, or grief and loss. You guys have also, um, uh, you've always to deal with children, of course. So, you know, how do you, how do you build a, a child's resistance during this COVID-19? Um, how do you observe and manage kind of your child's behavior during the pandemic? Yeah. So, um, one, one of the components that I, I just finished a blog series and blog on is resilience and resilience is one's ability to overcome, uh, adversity and, and, uh, determine a positive outcome. So we really want to assist kids with doing some very basic stuff. It, it is helping them with homework, reassuring them that this will soon pass. Um, it is giving them proper and, and verifiable information, accurate information without overwhelming them. It's, it's about helping them structure their day, putting them on a routine, um, making sure that they're getting enough sleep, making sure that they're eating properly. Um, our school systems manage much of this during the day for us as parents, and we're finding that we're having to really fill in and, and, and do two jobs at the same time. You're doing that, and then um, you're also being remote. <clears throat> Everything we're doing while we're working is remote, essentially, for many of us. Um, how are you maintaining your uh, emotional engagement and uh, while you're physically distant, Chad? How, yeah, how you you, do that? You know, I think what, what we've noticed, um, the number one key to resilience is relationships. And, and we have got to maintain our relationships. Relationships are, are key to us being able to 
manage our own emotion. So, so we use technology. We're using Zoom today. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and her friends and others um, had a had an after work uh, socialization on Friday. They all got together and talked. Uh, my my son and and family are still staying connected um, through video chats. And so w- we are learning to adapt to this new environment. They mother. Uh, um, um, really our mothers and fathers are showing that example to our kids about how to stay connected. So we're encouraging uh, our youth to stay connected with their teachers. Um, every week, my son has a every Wednesday call with his classmates. And and so it's, it's really about using technology to stay connected in a remote way. Um, a lot of times people, uh, well, everyone's responding different to this uh, pandemic. Uh, and sometimes Maybe people actually need help um, because they are feeling a lot of stress. And, and how do you handle that? I mean, how do you how do people get additional uh, excuse me, mental health support? And how do you kind of yeah. know that and spot that? Yeah, KBC has got a great um, posting on when to know um, when you need help and, and when this is a really a mental health crisis. And so what what I always talk to folks about is when our kids are unable to complete some of their daily tasks. So paying attention to, to brushing their teeth and eating properly when they're getting up for school. If they're showing signs of self-harm or self-injurious behavior or they're talking about that kind of thing. Um, if they're withdrawn and they're, they're, they're not doing the things that they used to do for fun. Um, these are all signs of our bodies reacting um, to crisis in a negative way. And so we've got to really continue to monitor that. We post a lot about how to talk to your kids, how to talk to your teens on this blog series. Um, we, we want to engage and, and continue the relationship, the parental relationship in many ways, as much as we can during this time. It's easy to kind of say, hey, I'm on this call and you're downstairs on, on the computer. Um, but that is not the kind of interaction that our kids are used to in the school environment. So we want to mirror and mimic that as much as we possibly can. So um, we also really want folks to understand and know what the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is, 1-800-273-TALK. Um, we, we also want folks to know that um, there are crisis lines and then there are non-crisis lines. Um, the NAMI, NAMI, N-A-M-I, um, uh, National Association for Mental Illness has a helpline 1-800-950-6264 and that's that's a line that folks can call when they're not necessarily in crisis if you're seriously in crisis you can call 911 and get help immediately but if, if you're not in crisis and you want information those are some numbers that you can call uh, to help process this, um, right. this current existence. Great information. We have a couple minutes left. Um, kindness and uh, community connections as well as optimism and positivity are so important during this, uh, during this pandemic, Chad. Um, talk to us about those two things because, um, you know, we're trying to all stay optimistic and positive right now as well as uh, have a community connection. Yeah, so um, the – the stages of grief and loss will be very important for us to discuss over the next week to two weeks to three weeks. And the, the end process of grief and loss is acceptance and meaning making. And it's at that point in time when we see our optimism and resilience um, emerge. So it is vital and key that we as adults um, are factual, but yet hopeful for the kids that we serve 
and the kids that are in our own home. We find through research that optimism and positivity always come up in terms of ways that we can overcome mental illness. I kind of wanted to end on that note on this segment because, um, you know, there's so much media exposure and information out there and, and it's good to kind of, from what I understand, to, to stay informed but not be completely overwhelmed and because uh, that could affect your mental health. So I think the way you talked about kindness and optimism and positivity is, is a positive right now. We're seeing so many wonderful things in the community from our, our neighbors waving to signs in teachers' yards to yeah. people giving food. Um, good things do come from bad, and, and the worst is not the last. And um, I just really appreciate you having us on, Jason, and, and giving some exposure to how we all as a society can overcome what we're faced with today. Yeah, and I uh, love to have you guys on again when we're out of the pandemic. Um, but you have a great information at kvc.org. Check out their blog and Chad's video series. Uh, Jenny, I appreciate you coming on as well. And, uh, you know, keep up the good work. And thanks for all you do for our, our community. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Jason. And we'll be right back after the break. More with KVC. We're going to be talking about KVC hospitals and the role they play during this pandemic. You're listening to the Grill Nation Show. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at our website, grillnationshow.com. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed the first few segments of our show. We talk with KVC Health Systems, and I really urge you to check out the blog and the vlog series uh, that Chad Anderson is putting up on kvc.org. Uh, pretty exciting stuff and really good information. Um, that's very unique during this time of the pandemic, dealing with your children and with mental health and and all kinds of different topics there about your your sanity and whatnot on kvc.org. We're now going to shift gears and we're going to talk about KVC hospitals and what they do. Um, and I'm going to be talking here in a second to Sarah Schlegel, who is the Director of Program and Staff Development at KVC Hospitals, where she oversees program innovation and staff training for KVC Children's Psychiatric Treatment Centers in Kansas and Missouri. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the show. Uh, first off, uh, thanks for joining us today via Zoom. And uh, second off, uh, give us a little uh, uh, information about what KVC Hospitals does and uh, what they are. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So KVC Hospitals is a network of nonprofit children's psychiatric hospitals and residential treatment centers in Kansas. Each year, we serve thousands of youth ages 6 to 18 who are experiencing depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, impacts of childhood trauma, and other behavioral and mental health needs. Our team of experts uses neuroscience-based resources to help children understand their brains and develop skills for uh, emotion regulation, behavior regulation, and also build resilience. Um, mm -hmm. We have treatment centers throughout Kansas, um, in Kansas City, 
Wichita as well as in Hayes, Kansas. And then we also have a sister organization called KBC Niles that provides residential treatment in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. So you guys are all over this area. And again, you mentioned the ages were between 6 to 18 uh, children and teens who are struggling with depression, anxiety, trauma, and other behavioral mental health challenges, uh, which obviously are very, uh, very important right now with what, everything that's going on. Yeah, very, very important. We we know during this time of the COVID-19 pandemic that it is it's a very stressful time for those children, but also for, for family members and for um, caregivers. And we, we believe that it's essential for us to pay attention to our mental health wellness and to be proactive in taking care of ourselves and others. Right. And um, I think it's interesting what KVC hospitals have done. You guys have, have kind of built a, a, a kind of a unique resilience curriculum uh, talk to us about that because I know that it's been a, a, a long time that you've been working on this and it's more of a unique kind of resilience curriculum. Um, wh what goes on with that and how does that help children? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we, the foundation of the reasons why we um, focused on a resilience curriculum is understanding how trauma impacts the brain. Um, every, every, experience that a child has is molded and shapes who they become later on in life. And without focusing on building resilience, it uh, we can really leave kids at a disadvantage. And so our resilience curriculum is made up of four different sections. Um, those are body regulation, emotion regulation, building executive thinking skills, and then also interpersonal safety. And so the goal of this curriculum is to give children and teens the tools that they need to be able to bounce back from childhood trauma, uh, adverse experiences, or even toxic stress that they can um, experience every day. So body regulation, it's pretty self-explanatory. We teach uh, children how to um, manage their emotions through focusing on their body. So deep breathing exercises, leading them through progressive muscle relaxation, um, focusing on mindfulness, or even leading them through activities um, such as yoga. Uh, we find that once we're able to pay attention to the signals that our body is is telling us about how we're feeling, that's going to make it a much easier opportunity for a child to be able to regulate their emotions and understand how how they're feeling. Um, emotion regulation is the next part of the resilience curriculum that focuses on practicing how to cope with your with your emotions, right? How to cope with stress, anxiety. So we walk them through um, relaxation techniques, help them uh, focus on being creative and designing their own safe space, um, and then also identifying safe people, places, and activities that they can do when they're feeling overwhelmed. Uh, executive thinking skills. Um, these are, um, ironically, some of the, just the fun games that you might have played with, played um, as a child. So that might be a memory game, or that might be um, a drawing activity that you would do with with a loved one or with peers. And then you've got interpersonal safety, where we focus on what many people would consider the basics, defining what does it actually mean to be safe. What is an unsafe situation and a safe situation? And how do you protect yourself um, in situations that may be um, 
maybe a, a scary time for you or maybe uh, dangerous for you. So the KVC's resilience curriculum, we it's provided to all children that receive services from KVC hospitals, and we feel it goes beyond what that typical residential or psychiatric experience would be um, and gives children and families tools to bring back home into practice. Sarah Schlegel is with us now. She's the director of program and staff at KVC Hospitals. So you do and help with all the staff training and development uh, with others there. Is that correct? So you're yes, dealing with sir. all this. Yeah. So you do know <laughs> the curriculum very well. Um, talk to us about kind of the locations in the hospitals. I know that um, you all have added uh, up to 92 beds, I believe, in Kansas um, and recently opened it in the last year, the Wichita Hospital. Um, and it's pretty it's pretty innovative. Yeah, definitely. Um, and thank you for asking about that. You know, about eight months ago, we did an evaluation of uh, really looked at how our communities were doing. Um, and we realized that in Kansas, suicide rates outpace the rest of the United States. And suicide is the second leading cause of death for teens and adults ages 15 to 34. Amazing. Um, wow. It's, 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 yes, it is amazing. And additionally, there had been an exponential increase in psychiatric visits to Kansas emergency rooms in, in recent years. And so with that knowledge and, and also with talking with community members, we just realized there was a huge need to increase beds. So we opened up our Wichita hospital um, in 2019 um, that has 54 uh, inpatient acute beds. And mm -hmm. so what that means, that that is, those are beds that are dedicated to children who are ex actively experiencing a mental health emergency. Um, average length of stay is four to six days. And our main goal is to uh, provide stabilization for them and then give tools and skills to those children and their families for um, how to maintain their mental health wellness outside of that. Um, along with the addition of beds in Wichita, we have also added um, we have 50 beds in our KVC uh, Hayes location, and those are purely dedicated to psychiatric residential tre treatment facility beds. That's a little bit of a longer term stay um, where they receive uh, intense clinical services in a structured home-like environment and where they're able to practice coping skills and emotion regulation. Um, average length of stay for those uh children is usually 60 to 90 days, just kind of depending on what their needs are. Uh, our KVC Hospital's Hayes location used to have uh, 24 beds, so we were able to increase that bed capacity um, significantly. And you guys, you guys also mentioned you're active with KVC Hospitals in the Kansas City region through the Niles, uh, the Niles Hospital as well as the KCK Hospital. Yes, sir. So we have uh, our sister organization, KVC Niles, is lo located in Kansas City, Missouri, where we have a little under 30 beds. And then our Kansas City, Kansas location, we are able to increase um, our beds by 12 for inpatient acute psychiatric treatment. And then also um, still have 36 beds for our psychiatric residential treatment facility. And all this has is, is, is got to be very important right now. And in our next segment, our final segment of the show, we'll get into kind of you uh, two as well as uh, just like KVC have created a, a resource page and a blog series, uh, kvchospitals.org slash backslash coronavirus is your website for all of this information. But you have now been posting uh, more information about mental health and uh, 
you know, blogs about how to talk to your child about coronavirus and, and how to, how to grandparents talk to their grandkids and, and, and all of these resources with, you know, very strong clinical experts that people could, could really learn a lot from. And we'll get into those specifically, but what kind of led you all to, to kind of create the website, especially, but also the, the blogs and, and all the information posting? What I think that it came down to was just understanding what we're family members as parents, as um, sisters and brothers, is understanding just the amount of stress that this coronavirus pandemic is really creating for ourselves and for our family members. And we know that in these times of heightened stress that there are so many unknowns, and it's just incredibly important for um, individuals to focus on their mental health. And while we can practice social distancing to protect ourselves physically, um, which is critical in a time like this, we also need to ensure that we're prioritizing our mental health. Um, And as we spend more of our own time in isolation and all those things we understand and know that they can lead to feelings of loneliness, frustration, sadness, and even depression. So recognizing the needs um, was was just the first step, and we felt that it was important for us to do our part to uh, positively contribute to our community and to promote mental health wellness. Very interesting stuff and very helpful. Sarah Schlegel is our guest from KVC Hospitals. Uh, their website is kvchospitals.org. After the break, we're going to break down some of the uh, blog series that they've been putting up and, and get more great advice on the importance of mental health as well as physical health during the coronavirus uh, pandemic sweeping our country in Kansas and Missouri. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM KMBZ as well as on iTunes via the podcast. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I guess I haven't introduced myself for the entire show, but I'm Jason Grill, your host. Uh, we've had a great show today with KVC. Uh, we've talked to some really strong experts at KVC during this critical time uh, for children, for mental health, and, and whatnot throughout our pandemic going on with the coronavirus. And now we're talking about KVC Hospitals with Sarah Schlegel, who's the Director of Program and Staff Development at KVC Hospitals. Um, Their website is kvchospitals.org. And if you want to get more information about uh, everything going on with the resources they provide with coronavirus uh, and the mental health challenges and and things that you actually can take away and really kind of help your your state of mind, your peace of mind for you and your family, that's at kvchospitals.org backslash coronavirus. Sarah, let's talk about some of the things you've published. You guys have done a blog post about how to talk to your child during coronavirus, uh, as well as how grandparents can support grandchildren to ease the concerns. Tell us a little about that, because I thought that was a, that was a great post and very unique. And uh, a lot of parents and grandparents are, are considering how they should address this with children these days. Right. Yeah. So when we're talking to children about uh the coronavirus, we have to first off understand that um, children need things to be given, information given to them in a simple way, right? Um, We can easily become overwhelmed um, in some of all the data that's out there, all the stressors uh, that 
as a result of what is happening. So when we're talking to our children, we want to make sure that we are putting things in debt, giving them information in a simple way, but then also recognizing their feelings that they're experiencing at the time. Um, one of the things that I have also learned too is um, as we continue to overshare, um, as we would normally do with maybe some of our uh, other adult family members, is we want to keep things as, as short as possible when we're talking to kids about this. We don't want to over-explain something or give them information that they haven't asked for. And then uh, really just be be there for them to speak with you and to talk through how they're feeling. Um, those are some of the key key factors when we're speaking with some of our children um, about the coronavirus and how grandparents can main, maintain contact. Um, even from personal experience, I can tell you that have, maintaining social contact um, via video, via phone call, via message, even by letter is something that grandparents find very helpful with even managing their own mental health, right? And right. maintaining those connections um, with their uh, with their grandchildren. And it's, yeah, it's, and I think the grandchild grandparents thing hasn't been talked about enough. Um, one because it kind of affects the older folks more often as far as the potential for for fatality. Uh, so um, yeah, that's a great one, and, and you should check that out again. That's a really good one. Also, too, you all have talked about different ways that families can use uh, things like art and and yoga and other kinds of recreational activities to kind of combat men to help mental health and combat stress. Right. Yeah. So we've been able to uh, work with our expressive therapists that we have at our Kansas City, Kansas location, and they've been able to put together some really cool, uh, fun activities for parents and children to experience together. Um, things that help you uh, manage your stress and um, just an opportunity to share with one another. So we will have blogs and posts on yoga, on uh, Zumba activities. Uh, we recently had a post that was that led us through an art activity that uh, children and their family members can participate in. Um, in the future, we're going to have some recreational activities, so games that they can play with one another, and then even some brain strengthening activities that uh, will help, again, build resilience during this time. That was a question I had about, you know, you got to manage your stress and anxiety and, uh, and what are the tips to do that? And the brain strengthening parents can do at home with their kids is interesting to help them develop resilience. So when we talk about brain strengthening games, we're talking about giving children the opportunity to be creative, to use some of those critical thinking skills and to... Um, give them the opportunity to practice those same skills that they would normally practice in school right now. Um, and we all know that our daily schedules have been completely changed and we've got parents who are now uh, homeschooling their kids and doing brain strengthening games is really a great um, complement to trying to make sure, make sure that our children have the same um, educational opportunities that they had prior to this pandemic. So some of those brain strengthening games may be um, an activity like collective coloring, where um, as a group, they're going to draw a picture, but um, each person has their own marker. And so you come up with a, a drawing after you've been able to communicate with your, your partners. And um, really, it, it's about building um, 
an understanding how to uh, critically think, problem solve, and organize your thoughts. Clavey C Hospital is providing uh, all of this, these free race resources to families during the COVID-19 uh, quarantine at kvchospitals.org backslash coronavirus. Uh, it's very helpful. And, you know, talk to us again about how if, you know, if some things really do go wrong and, and parents, uh, you know, really are having issues and uh, their children are, are having issues, how, how do they connect with you guys about KVC hospitals and, and potentially utilizing your services? The best way to um, connect with us is contacting your um we don't want people to go to the emergency room, right? right? But we want them to be able to uh, communicate with any sort of community um, mental health services that they have, um, who in turn is communicated, who in turn communicates with us. They're also able to um, go to our website. They're able to call us at our sites um, and uh, be able to uh, get direction as to their next steps. Yeah, kvchospitals.org for all that information. Um, one thing, too, I didn't mention is is having a, a safety plan in place, right, for your kids right. uh, to cope if they're struggling so they can identify their emotions, triggers, and plans to help them regulate all of these things. I mean, that's that's something that we probably don't think of very often when we're thinking about anything with a crisis plan or a, a safety plan or uh, a way to to manage these things in advance before they happen. Exactly. Yeah. As having a mental health safety plan is extremely important. Um, as a part of any safety plan, you have to first identify what are some stressors that you have? What are some um, situations, circumstances? Is there something specific that you know that's going to make you upset? And first off, identifying that. And then from there, you want to make sure that you select three safe people three safe activities in three safe places that you identify as uh, areas that are going to help you cope with your emotions, whether that is anger, sadness, or frustration. Interesting. Um, you guys truly serve all types of families from all walks of life at KVC hospitals. We've talked about earlier the amount of suicides, teen suicide in Kansas, uh, one of the leaders in that per capita uh, there's so many stresses and so many things happening, especially during this time of the pandemic. But also when we get out of this, there's going to be a lot of potential mental health and economic uh, related issues. And so KBC hospitals and KBC are there to help out. Uh, Sarah Schlegel, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate you coming on the show. And, uh, you know, we're going to connect people to your website, kbchospitals.org, for all of these great resources. And your blogs come out every Wednesday and Saturday. So uh, very interesting stuff. Thank you so much for your time today. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill. We'll see you again next week. Stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very much.